As it was said, we're on our series, our thankful series, entitled, The Great State of Gratitude. The Great State of Gratitude. And how many have been posting on social media this week? A few people? How many aren't on social media and you just put pictures up of grateful things or people or whatever? I encourage you, yes. Different ones are doing that. I mean, get involved, get involved in doing something that the house is doing and get involved in doing something that maybe not everybody would do. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a challenge to every day come up with something else to be thankful for. But what it does is it gets you off of being unthankful and ungrateful for things in life and and it's really easy to be unthankful and ungrateful and actually most people don't know how ungrateful and unthankful that they are about certain things because most people focus on the positive most people think about what they are thankful for instead of how they complain about what's not right and so we started our series on Sunday and we're this whole month we're talking on just being thankful, and, and Wednesday, this past Wednesday was our Worship Wednesday, but this coming Wednesday and, and every Sunday this month, we're talking on the, the title, The Great State of Gratitude. Um, last Sunday, I read this definition of the word gratitude. It's the state, this is one of the dictionary definitions of gratitude, it's the state of being grateful or thankful. It's a state of mind. And I made made this statement, I'm saying this again, that anything that you can be talked out of is not real to you. Anything in life that you can, circumstances can talk you and sway you from what you say you believe, then you really don't believe it doesn't mean that you're not developing a belief system in something or you're not trying or attempting to. But what we want to become is people that have a state of mind and an attitude of gratitude. An attitude that I am grateful. I'm grateful for God in the midst of everything. You know, if somebody ran over your dog and your dog's laying there maimed and, and possibly going to die, you, you, you don't have the attitude that I'm so grateful my dog was run over. Right? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being thankful for God no matter what happens. No matter what comes down the pike. Because when we have an attitude of gratitude, when we're thankful... When we live in a realm and an attitude of thanksgiving, there are things that happen, and the Bible is so clear about it. And every message that we're going to talk about, what we're leading to, is how that thankfulness is a weapon. And how as we use the weapon of thankfulness and having gratitude, that it opens the door in your life for things you didn't even know were there. It opens the door for opportunities in your life that you didn't even know was there. I'll just tell you right now, you don't realize how negative you really are. 
I didn't get a lot of amens out of that one. <clears throat> you don't realize how negative that you really are. Why? Because we live in a negative system. And it's very easy to be negative. It's very easy to complain. It's very easy to be needy. It's very easy in our society that we, that we live in today to, to, to live in a, in a negative flow instead of developing a positive flow. You are the architect for your future. And we have, we have the plans for our future right here. But if you don't do anything with these plans, the plans will sit there and what was intended to happen in your life won't happen. And you can go to the grave, a complainer, and an ungrateful, and a bitter, and an unforgiving person who developed all forms of diseases in their bodies because of those things. Even science has proven that there's more people that die from an ungrateful heart and an unforgiving heart than anything else because of what it leads to in your body. It creates disease in the natural. It is a disease. Unforgiveness is a disease, but it leads to physical disease of the body, and it's proven. So, I don't know about you, but this is a great day to be thankful. Hmm? So we're just going to talk about it for a few minutes, and uh, I'm I'm expecting that you're going to kind of skip out of here if you drug in here. Amen? And if you you walk fast in here, you're going to run out of here. So whatever you came in, whatever way you came in, you're going to leave better because that's what the word does to you. Amen. It does. So, what greater place to start than Psalm 100? <laughs> I love this psalm. <clears throat> I didn't spend much time in church as a young person, but one thing I remember that there was some lady read out of Psalm 100. And we did something with our hands, our fingers. We're the people in the church and the steeple and look at all the people and those kind of things. You know, we did something like that. And we did something with our fingers and, I, and, and, and it was, we were reading Psalm 100 as we did that. That's the only thing I remember. <clears throat> that's the only word I got was right there. So that's a, everybody said that's a good thing, right? Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and not we ourselves. So, if how how many drive a Ford? Come on. Don't be embarrassed. <laughs> How many drive a Chevy? How many drive a Dodge or something like that? Or a Mercury or a, somebody, a Cadillac or a Porsche or a BMW? Or, okay. Now, whatever car that you drive, would you go to someone else's glove compartment? If you're a Chevy driver, would you go to a Ford's glove compartment and get their little book to find out how to fix something in your car? So, who made you? 
I think it just said right there that God made you. Know that the Lord is who? God. It is, it is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Would you think that if there's something that needs to be adjusted, He'd know what to adjust? So we should go to Him for adjustment and not to the world or not to other people. That's what church is about. You'll see it in a minute in another passage that we're going to read. That's what church life is about. Why? Because <clears throat> Old Testament says that God's eyes and His heart are on His house. New Testament says house of God is the church of God. And the church of God is the body of Jesus Christ. And who are we? We're the body. So the body is the church, which is the house, where God's eyes and His heart are. Why? Because He wants things right with His people. That's why we come to the house to get good stuff. What I'm sharing with you today is good. I believe it. Everything I'm sharing with you today, I know is right. But that doesn't mean that you know it's right. (laughs) I wouldn't be sharing it if I didn't know it was right. But that doesn't mean you know it's right. So you've got to take what I say, you've got to go to the Word for yourself, and you've got to prove it yourself. Again, I'm going to say it again, and I mean it. Everything I'm sharing with you today, I know is right. Now, in a year from now, could I see something in what I said in a greater way? I should. I should. I should see it a little bit more. I promise you, I see Psalm 100 a little bit different than when I was five today. This is all I could see about Psalm 100. And the rest of the Bible looked like that. Right? But today it's clear. I see things today. I'm sharing with you something that I believe is absolutely true. And if you'll take it and do something with it, it'll change your life. That's how powerful the Word is. And I promise you, you won't get what I'm telling you right now in any other form of higher education everybody say education's great amen but education is what it is and it won't develop a spiritual life on the inside of you they didn't teach me this in high school nobody taught me this in college my golf coach didn't teach me this in college nobody taught me this nobody until I found somebody that really believed it So higher education won't develop this. Higher education will do great things for you. But it will not develop spiritual things and it will not teach you how to hear the voice of God and then know what the will of God is for your life. So, the next verse is what the will of God is for you and I. Enter into His gates with what? Thanksgiving. And enter into His courts with what? Praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good. Everybody say, the Lord is good. good. Mm. And His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. How do those kind of things come? From having a thankful heart. Entering into His gates with thanksgiving. Entering into His courts with praise. Just to kind of define what gates and courts represent, okay? And we, you know, we could go deep and 
Uh, some of you in here today may have a greater understanding of what I'm fixing to say here, but just for the sake of time and making it elementary in the moment to prove a point, I'm going to say this. Gates represent, gates of the city, no. Gates represent <clears throat> the church, the house of God, where the word is ministered, where revelation comes. That's gate. Come into his gates with thanksgiving. And then into his courts with praise. Courts represent everything else outside. So the highways and the byways that you travel every day. Everybody has a different set of road that you travel. People you come in contact, jobs you have, family, all kinds of things. Out there is the courts. So when you come through the gates and into this place with the heart of thanksgiving and you gain revelation about how to give thanks to the Lord, then you go out there and praise Him in everything that you do. Instead of going out there and your life being a downer, and you're a Debbie downer as you go, instead of being Debbie downer, you go out there and you begin to praise and exalt His name, and your life is a living testimony about the fact that God is good. People aren't going to know God is good by just looking up in the clouds. You, people can look around and say it's, it's, it's all great, but a lot of people think that what they see out here came from something else other than God. When I look at the stars, I think of covenant. When I look at the moon, I think of covenant. When I look at the sun, I think of covenant. Why? Because the Bible says so. The moon is in the sky as a witness of the covenant that we have with God. Now, how will the world know that if something's not happening in you? And listen, you're not going to just try to put on a smile and have a good attitude in life. You're going to thank your way there. I promise you. Everybody say, thankfulness is a weapon. But we're not talking about that today. Amen? So enter into the gates with thanksgiving and into the courts out there with praise. That your praise to God, I'm not talking about going to work and walking in the door and singing praises to God and offending everybody around you. I'm talking about there being something about your life. And it's not just a smile. It's not just a smile. What would happen one day if you walked into work and people know you're a Christian and, and the boss says, you know what? You're fired. And, uh, you know, some people that get fired today, they come back and blow people away. Some people have attitudes. And what if, what if because of your faith in God and He got you the job that you have, and He is your sustenance and your provider, and your confidence and trust is in Him. You look at your boss, you shake his hand, I, I don't know what I've done, uh, if I've done something and you need to talk to me about it, but otherwise, you know what, I just speak blessing over you today. And you walk out and all the people around you are watching and thinking, something wrong with that guy. And what's the deal? He got fired. See, because the world's trust is in what they do with their hands. This is an absolute truth. Adam, in the garden, in his creation, was vision-minded. He was a visionary. 
Once he sinned in the garden, he went from being vision-minded to provision-minded by the sweat of his brow. He went from being vision-minded to provision-minded. See, when your trust is in anything else but God, okay, then you're going to find yourself laboring for provision. I didn't say work. I didn't say work. Everybody needs something to do. But what we need to be doing is what God says. Where we need to be sending ourselves every day, where we, the paths we need to be walking are the one that He set before us and then do it with all of our heart. I didn't say not work. There's a difference in toiling and trying to make something happen and provide for yourself versus trusting God and then what you do is a result of His blessing on your life. And you know what happens? You prosper in everything that you do. And in humanity, we've got to learn this. We've got to learn how to hear God first, seek His kingdom first, and then, then you work whatever you do, you do with Him as a joint heir. And I'm telling you, there's no greater partner on planet earth than being a partner with Jesus. So what I do, where I work, and where I set my hand, I'm doing it with Him, and what, can, what else can happen but prosper? How many times did Jesus... T- you remember when Peter and his crew fished all night long? You remember? They fished all night long. There was nothing. And, and nothing means not one fish. And they come back, there's Jesus, go back and throw your net on this side of the boat. What are you talking about? There's nothing out there. Do what I said. What did Peter say? I don't really believe it, but it's your word, I'm going to take it. Goes out, every fish in the sea was jumping in that net. It was coming to him. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth to you. Opportunities come our way. They come to us. Not something we have to search for and work and labor at and sweat at. I didn't say work sweat. I'm talking about sweating emotionally in our mind. See, having an attitude of gratitude, being grateful, is a state of mind. My gratefulness has to be about God, like I said earlier. If something not so good happens, I'm not thanking God for the bad thing that happened. I'm thanking God that He's the answer in the middle of it. No matter what comes, God's already provided. Before the foundation of the world, everything was already provided. So what we've got to do is stay so in tune with Him that we know what will happen from day to day. Most people that I've come across don't believe they can hear God. Well, Pastor, just one thing with you because you're a pastor. I don't find that in the Word. We hear God, we get aligned with God, and then we're co-laborers with God. So what we do prospers because it's what He wants us to do. 
I, I, I actually believe that this is true for the most part. Maybe not anybody sitting in here, but for the most part. That most people are working jobs that they don't even like. Most people. And maybe not in here. But most people in this country are working jobs that they don't even like. And I don't think, actually I know, that's not the will and the plan of God. I know it's not. God wants us, right where we're at, to develop a faith journey that leads us to the place of being in labor with Him. Working with Him at everything that we do. So that what we do, number one, we enjoy it. But number two, it's producing in life, you're producing what He created you to do before you even were. That's how vitally important it is to know the will of God. And how do you get there? With a thankful heart. With a thankful heart. Look at 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5 and verse 16. Verse 16 says, rejoice always. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Verse 18 says, in everything. Everybody say everything. How much is everything? Uh, Nothing left out. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for who? Say me. The will of God for your life is to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. It's God's will for you to in everything give thanks. So, if that's the will of God for my life, and you were always taught that, well, the will of the, God's will for your life is just, you know, I was told this one time, you know, because my dad was a golf pro, and so I grew up playing golf, and so I, I had people along the way tell me, well, you know, you're, you're good at golf, so that's the will of God for you. Or you're good at this thing, or, you know, you, you were raised in this family, and you, you're a good carpenter, or you are a good this or that or the other. So that's the will of God for your life. But see, the problem is I don't find that in the Word. I find in the Word that before I was even thought about, God had a plan for my life. He gave me, thank God for the parents that I have. He gave me the parents that I have. I live the life that I live. But today, I'm doing something that I said years ago. I don't know what God's plan is, but I will never be a pastor. And not only said it once, I said it a number of different times. I don't know what I'll do in life, but I will never be a pastor. And look at me today. God had a plan. And God has a purpose for you in my life. So if it's His will for me to give thanks, 
then could, could it be that through the thankful heart, through the attitude of gratitude that I learned to develop and live, that other things that I'm to do on earth would come out of that? I don't know about you, but I mean, I was born at night, but not last night. I can figure that thing out. So the will of God for my life and your life is to give thanks. Give thanks. So uh, what does it look like to give thanks? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Having an attitude of gratitude, just, you know, okay. I'm going to... I'm just going to change the way. No. See, toiling tries to change something. Seeking God and developing answers and then learning to just do what's right develops a mindset. Right? A great, the great state of gratitude comes from a state of mind that has been developed because of a life of developing faith. When you develop faith in unfaithful situations where you haven't been in faith, where you've been in fear, where you've been afraid of this and afraid of that, no one sitting in here today has... There's not anybody sitting in here that is, is free from some form of fear. When you came into the world through your mother's womb, you were born into a society and a world of fear. And in that world of fear is all this negative realm, all this ungrateful and unthankful and bitter realm that is out there that we're born into. Anybody ever raised children where you had to get on to them because they shared too much? Quit being so giving. Oh, you're just frustrating me. You're just giving to everybody. You can't give. You know, start thinking about yourself and be selfish. It's the opposite. Mine. Me. Me. Protect me. Protect, protect, protect. It's the society we were born into. Everybody has dealt with it. Everybody's been in some form of fear or in fear today. Because you're dealing with this, and you're changing the mindset. And as you're changing the mindset, the only way that the mind will change is to replace what got it there with something different. And I'm telling you, an attitude of gratitude, a lifestyle of thanksgiving, and seeing being thankful instead of unthankful and ungrateful, seeing that attitude will begin to change things and open and evolve doors that, in, into worlds that you didn't even know were there. Well, Pastor, I'm just not sure about that. Well, then you'll never get it. If you don't just start now, and, and, and I'll just tell you this, if you're not posting on social media, you could go to hell. No, I'm teasing. <clears throat> If you're not posting on social media, if you're on social media and you're not posting on social media, just try it. Just put something out there and say, uh, I'm thankful for my dog. Thankful for my new pair of shoes. Thankful for my parents. Thankful for this. All of a sudden, what's going to happen?
you're going to start thinking about what you're thankful for. See, in most situations, we meditate so much on the fact of what we don't have or what's not working, or if I could just be like this, or if I was just married to someone else, or if I just was around this person or that person, or if somebody could just do this one thing for me, or someone could help me. See, that, that's what our society, that's where our society thinks. And a lot of our society has put faith in, and I won't say who, but a lot of different entities. Well, if they just do this for me, then everything would be okay. If I just had enough. Listen, what will keep you for your whole life is taking your life where you're at today and developing a heart and a mind and a mindset of thanksgiving that causes things to evolve and now your faith and trust is in what God has done for you and not what God's brought to you. I'm telling you, God will bring things to you when you change your mindset. I said this when we were doing our whole series on evangelism and, and talking about the highways and the byways and people out there. I, you know, I made this statement several times. The two things that Jesus left his disciples with and the church with, two things that he left us with, was the great commission and the great commandment. And in, in the great commission, our part, our part in the great commission was to make disciples. That's what our part is, not was, is. It's our job to make disciples of Jesus. And in making disciples of people's lives, what we're doing is we're helping people to change their thinking and their attitude so that God can speak to them. Jesus said from the Father, I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. The gates of hell will prevail against a church that is not renewed. Born again people, spiritually they're born again, but their minds aren't renewed. They're not thinking, they're not open to be used by God to be able to hear the voice of God and do what God tells them to do. God cannot make disciples, God cannot build His church with disciples that are not connected to Him. In other words, they're born again, but their minds are going in this direction. God's wanting them to go here, and they're going this way. God's saying, don't be moved by what you see, and they're moved every day by everything that they see, feel, and hear. They watch more of the news than they do listening to the Word of God. It damages you. Information in itself is not bad. You just can't have more information that goes contrary to the Word than you have information that's in the world. You can't have more of the information of the world than from God. You've got to develop a way of thinking that establishes you, and the way you get there is through thanksgiving. Thanking God every day. It's His will for you to give thanks in everything, and if you'll start developing that, Start posting things and just start thanking God for something good. Somebody that's irritating you and that you've had difficulties with. Just find something good about their life. There may be a hundred things that are not good. Find one thing. There's something good about everybody. Possibly the person that you really don't like and there's a hundred things that aren't right, their hair is just perfect every day. Look at that perfect hair. And I'm just so grateful for their hair that it's just perfect. 
I mean, whatever, find something. Because what, what's going to happen is when you start being thankful, it's going to shut this unthankful stuff down. It'll shut it down over time. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, totally. Maybe not next week or next month or next year. But you get in the faith journey and start trusting and learning to trust God and not be moved by what you see. I'm telling you, it opens worlds that you didn't even know were there. Didn't even know were there. Amen? So, look at Romans 1, and then we're going to end with Psalm 92. Romans 1. And verse 16, Paul says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel or the word of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the word, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Okay, So we see what's in the word and the importance of the word. Verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power. So that they are without excuse because... Although they knew God, although they knew God, Old Testament, and we'll just take like the children of Israel in the wilderness, although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful. Even though they had an understanding of God in their head, so they knew God to a certain level, but, but notice this, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their what? Their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became as fools. Why? How did they become fools? Because, let's just take the children of Israel. Listen. For 400 years, the children of Israel were in bondage. And what did they do for 400 years? They yelled, they screamed, they cried, they bawled, they were bitter, they were unthankful, they were ungrateful, they had attitude for 400 years. So God sends a Savior. He sends Moses, type and shadow of Jesus. He sends Moses to deliver them from their bondage. And when you read, you can read in Exodus and and. Uh, well, mostly in Exodus, you can read about the children of Israel and their journey out of Egypt. And the whole time, God was providing. God provided at the Red Sea. He provided at the rock. He provided with the food. Then He provided with the rock again, with what, which the rocks were water. Water came out of the rocks for them to drink. Not only that, they left Egypt with everything Egypt had. All their wealth, all their riches were with them. They had all this wealth and no malls to go spend it in. They had all this stuff. God had blessed them. But what, what, what were they focused on? Well, it didn't happen quick enough. 
Well, we got through the other side, but now we're thirsty. Well, we got water out of a rock. Not only water out of a rock, but it was good water out of a rock. And man, there are a lot of ponds that had bitter water. Ah, but we're hungry. Yeah, but what about what just happened? Moses, in the book of Deuteronomy, which was the last will and testament to the children of Israel that were going in, he said to them, don't be ungrateful. He said what should have happened in all those situations, what those, the journey of faith was leading them to, it was an 11-day journey from Egypt to the Promised Land, and it took them 40 years to get there. Why? Because no thankfulness. Moses said, I think it's the 11th chapter of Deuteronomy, he said what should have happened is they should have grabbed the hands of their children, they should have grabbed, the men should have grabbed their wives' hands, they should have lifted their hands and thanked God every single time. Can you imagine what it was like when the Red Sea parted? And they get over the other side, and the next day, I'm thirsty. See, that stuff in Egypt just kept that complaining, that crying, that that had to get out of them. And this complaining and this crying and this woe is me stuff, it's got to get out of us. And the only way it'll get out of us is to develop this thankful heart. And what we're going to talk about the next two Sundays about thankfulness being a weapon. Listen, everything is coming against you to be unthankful and ungrateful and, and to focus on what you see instead of focusing on who you know. I mean, it's coming against you on every wave. But they didn't know how to do that. And it needed to be developed. And because it wasn't developing and they weren't developing, what happened? There came a day that not only the children of Israel didn't go in, but Moses didn't go in. Why? Because he disobeyed God. What happens is we find ourselves toiling, trying to make things happen. We get frustrated. Well, you know, so-and-so, they got a new job and they got all blessed. Instead of rejoicing with those who good things are happening, we're over here complaining. I'm saying people do. You complain, and the more you complain, the worse it gets. And then someone else gets blessed, and the devil makes sure that the people that are blessed get in front of you and make it look like it's so great, and you're just a worthless worm. And that's not true. You're not worthless, and you're not a worm. You're created in the image of God. What's got to happen in you and I is we've got to develop this heart of thankfulness and do something with it. And if we don't do anything with it, our circumstances will stay the same or get worse. They'll stay the same or get worse. And I say, let's don't stay the same. Let's get better. Can you say amen to that? Huh? It says that they were, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts. In other words, there was not a state of gratitude. And God gave them a lot of different side journeys. They were taking these side journeys. Moses said, Moses said, lest when the children of Israel see war or attacks, they turn tail and go back to Egypt, did God lead them on the path that, that, that He led them on. It was an 11-day straight journey right to where they would have crossed the Jordan. 11 days. And it took them 40 years. Listen, it's not going to take you 40 years. Listen to me. Whatever you're facing, it's not going to take 40 years if you begin to thank God. God, and and listen, listen, whatever I'm walking through to get to a new place, 
It's in the midst of that thing, not trying to just find something else to be thankful for. If you have to do that for a while, that's fine. But in the midst of what you face, in the midst of the opposition, seeing God and thanking God and God showing you the good things about what it is that you're facing. Instead of focusing on what someone else has done to you, begin to thank God for how something good in their lives. This, this isn't popular. It's not something that, that, that you know, the get well quick people want to help you get well in because this takes time. And it takes the developing of your mind till your mind becomes in a certain state of thanksgiving that you cannot be swayed no matter what. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. If your life is up and down based on what other people do, you will be up and down for the rest of your life. And I'm telling you today, there's no reason to be that way. Amen? Psalm 92, and I'll end with this. Psalm 92. Verse 1. It is good... It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. See, the thankful part starts with how good God is, but it won't end there. Because if something happens and you're unthankful and you run to your closet to try to be thankful, it won't work. You develop this thankfulness in thanking God for how great He is, but then you begin to thank God for how great He is and empowered you to overcome in every situation you face. To declare your loving kindness in the morning, your faithfulness every night, on an instrument of ten strings. Did we praise Him today? And, and how great God is on the stringed instruments and, the, and, uh, and Josh, Josh's harp over there. And, and, and he played the flute and, and, uh, and with harmonious sound. Was there harmonious sound today in the instruments that played? Yeah, we praise God. That's one of the reasons you come in here and you practice praise. You know? If you come in here and it's like, okay, I'm going to bear with it. Well, okay, maybe you're not used to that. You know, maybe this, hey, is you Jesus? And then maybe, you know, and then, I mean, and you know, you don't even have to do, you don't have to raise your hands. It's not, not, nobody's watching. But it's just doing something you've never done before to acknowledge how great God is. And this is one of the forms. If the only time you worship and praise God is when you come in here, you're going to be suffering. You need to worship and praise God. When, when did he say? In the morning and in the evening. How great that God is. Is he not great? I'm telling you, God is great. God is great. Now watch verse 12. And this is the result. And we're going we're gonna to read this together out of the Amplified, starting with verse 12. This is the result of a person that develops thankfulness and gratitude in life. This is you. I said, this is you. Can you say amen? I said, this is you. So, you are the uncompromisingly righteous, and you shall flourish like the palm tree. Be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. You shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. 
planted in the house of the Lord, which is the church, which is His body, you shall and you are flourishing where? In the courts of your God. There again, there's, there's the gates and the courts. Who's planted in the house, who comes in and understands the purpose of the church. Church is not to say you, you mark something on your calendar, okay, I went to church today. No, you didn't went to church. You are the church. And you came here as the church to worship and fellowship and, and connect with people and the Word and through worship. So when you go out there in the courts, that's where the people get saved. God wants people getting saved, healed, delivered, and set free just as a result of your life. And that's what this passage says. Planted in the house of the Lord, you flourish in the courts of your God. Verse 14. Growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit. When? In older age. Did I get an amen out of that? Hmm? They shall be full of sap, of spiritual vitality, and rich in the verdure, the trust, uh, uh, the verdure of trust, love, and contentment. Verse 15. They're living memorials. Who is? We are. Why? Because we enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. So we are living memorials to show. We are living memorials. We are living icons to show. We're living examples to show that the Lord is upright and the Lord is faithful to what? His promises. Not, not people walking around and using for our best examples in life what didn't happen to the children of Israel. That's not the best example for your life. Our life shouldn't be full of what didn't happen. Our life should be full of what is happening right now, today. And you know where God takes us? Right now. God is always living in the now. And I'm telling you, I tell you, this is so simple and elementary, but if you will start right this moment to be thankful in every situation and circumstance that you face every single day, all day long, 24-7, never stop, I'm telling you, at the end of your life, this is you. This is you right here. How good it is to give thanks to the Lord and to learn to develop this attitude of gratitude. Amen? Watch, to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promises, for He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. Why? How do we know that? Because we know in the Word of God, we know in the Word, in, in, I just read it in Romans 1 and 17, that in the Gospel, in the Word, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Only the righteousness, not the unright. There is no unrighteousness in Him. So you and I were created to be living icons that people could look at and say, wow, wow, there's something different. Wow, I want to be like them. I, there's something about their life. I want, to be, I want to be drawn to what it is that's in their life and who they are. I'm telling you, there's no pretense to a person that lives a thankful life. There's none. 
There's no intimidation. You don't have to be like someone else. You don't have to compare yourself. You can walk in the presence of anybody and be okay because your faith and your trust and your confidence is in God. It's not in people or what someone does or has or doesn't have. It's not in any of those things. The other day I was... um, I was... uh, Where was I? I don't know. Oh, I was, I was out of town, and I was um, at this store, and, and, and I was pulling out of this parking lot, and we're pulling into a parking lot, and there was this lady on the side of the street, you remember? And uh, man, she's a-talking. She's pointing right in the middle of traffic. She's alone, and she's talking, and she's pointing. She's looking, and she's walking and walking out in front of cars and they almost hit her. This is in another town. And, and all of a sudden, I, I had this thought about this woman. I had this thought. One day, she was a little baby. One day, she was in a woman's womb or she wouldn't be here. One day, that in the natural, crazy-looking woman doing everything that she's doing. One day she was, she was an innocent little child. And she was born into a horrible world. And this world is, is a horrible world because the system has a God that is not our God in the system. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that Satan is the God of the world system because people have yielded to him. He has no power, he has no ability over humanity except what he deceives them into thinking. And so people are born into this system in society. When we get born again, we're born a second time, we have a new life. We don't have to, see, even though the things may happen in the world, doesn't have to happen in my world. Not in my world. Bless God, it ain't gonna happen in my world. I'm looking at her thinking, wow. So we pulled into the parking lot of this store and I dropped my wife off and I was going to park the car and I'm just thinking about this woman and she walks into the store so I'm thinking oh my gosh you know and she hasn't you know I get inside there and and she's over in the corner there and she's still talking as loud but you know what's funny everybody ignored her everybody Everybody just walked past. And she's in a conversation with somebody and talking and talking about things that are going on and talking about the future. And, and I, mean, I mean, just like this. And so she's talking to somebody and all these people are... Just, and, and I'm standing there watching. Not one person acknowledged what she was doing. Ah, just ignore her. She's a fool. No. Now she was created in the image of God. See? And the only thing that she's lacking is not just the book, but the revelation of it. That's all she's lacking. You know, what do we do every day for people? It's not to put like some, get well, you know, we got to help every person we come. No, no, I didn't say that. And, and, I was ready. I told my wife, you know, she said, well, just kind of watch 
what you're doing, because she could tell there was that look in my eye, and I was kind of going to be headed to her. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, just as a good wife, she'd just tell me, told me a couple things. And I said, yeah. But she knows whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to do it. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, I just had this overwhelming thing about just praying for this woman, and I've been praying for her ever since. And I know that my prayers are changing her outcome. Because the Word of God doesn't return void, but it accomplishes what it's set out to accomplish, and that's where my faith is in what I say from the Word. So as I've been praying for since, when was that? Friday. Since I've been praying for that woman since Friday, those words won't return void, and that's what the Lord told me to do. You know, you can make a scene in a place like that, and if it's God's will, that's fine. You just do whatever He tells you to do. But you can make, a lot of times people just make scenes in, in situations like that when what's most important is we do what God tells us to do. But that woman, in God's eyes, there's no difference in her and anybody else on the planet. Nobody else. And sometimes we've got to realize the opportunities that God gives us to get to new levels and places we've got to obey and be thankful. And I'm thinking, I'm just thankful. There was something about that woman that was strange, but there was something about that woman that was innocent. I mean, somebody that will walk around and stand and go in front of cars and go in stores and talk and have conversations, you know, kind of like, you know, when your kids were like one or two and they'd have conversations with a, an imaginary little friend or something like that. She's just having a very loud conversation with a number of imaginary friends. But there's something innocent about her. And my prayers won't return void, but they will accomplish. Amen? And I'm so grateful and so thankful today for the power of God's Word.